I'm Scott. I'm Bill. And, and we're, we're the, the Trade, Trade Guys. Guys. You're listening to The Trade Guys, a podcast produced by CSIS, where we talk about trade in terms that everyone can understand. I'm H. Andrew Schwartz, and I'm here with Scott Miller and Bill Reinch, the CSIS Trade Guys. On this episode of The Trade Guys, we discuss the return of the tariff man. U.S. President Donald Trump announced he would immediately restore tariffs on U.S. steel and aluminum imports from Brazil and Argentina. President Trump says America will issue a substantial reciprocal action in response to France adopting a new digital service tax. What do these new fronts on the trade war mean, and why is President Trump picking these fights now? Also, we'll react to the president saying he'd be comfortable waiting till after the election for a trade deal with China. We'll discuss all that and much, much more on this episode of The Trade Guys. Gentlemen, Tariff Man is back. We're here to talk about the return of Tariff Man. First, Macron's really upset. Trump called him nasty. And meanwhile, the French are facing a 100% tariffs on wine and cheese, which kind of bums me out a little bit. I don't know about you. Well, look, first, you can tell this is a low-budget program because we didn't have the trumpeters. Right. With the da-da-da-da, tariff, tariff man. man. Yeah. <laughs> so, which is what we really needed to, to start this, but definitely he's back. And in this case- Yumi's uh, going to need to work on getting like a, a, some sound effects, right? We, 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 we definitely need a budget for that. So, yeah. we'll yeah. talk about sponsors And if you were later. dieting like the rest of us, Andrew, you wouldn't be concerned about I the tariff. I am dieting. The, I'm on the Scott on Miller diet. I'm down 25, uh, officially. Well, I'm that's impressed. Awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank well, you. then you Thank shouldn't you. be concerned about the cheese tariffs. Right? Well, yeah. but cheese is in the program. Yeah, it's part cheese of the program. Cheese is in the program. Scott is my guru. It's really okay. Okay. And See, so, there you so, go. so, and and French cheese is fine, but digital services tax uh, is not a smart move uh, for Fran- for France, right? Uh, for a lot of reasons. Provoked but us. More importantly, it is the way it was implemented is highly discriminatory to large U.S. tech firms. In fact, though, the tax basically falls only on the big U.S. Uh, tech companies. And so, I, I think there was a they used the, once again Section 301, which we've referred to in the past. They've used that as the and the authority to investigate and then determine a remedy. The remedy in this case, the ch- president chose was tariffs. The investigation showed it was a discriminatory. Which is the only remedy he ever chooses. Well, it's the one he chose this time, and he, just on the eve of the NATO meetings, yeah. he applied it. So, in this case, talking about cutting a broad swath. Yes. So, it, uh, I'm sure it got people's attention. Yeah. Uh, and at the same time, I, I do think that the, these digital taxes, they look attractive for countries like France, which don't have uh, the Googles and, uh, and uh, Netflix of the world. They don't have yeah. the, the champions. But what it does is makes it more difficult for these champions to grow in a future uh, France. So, so it's it probably not wise tax policy in the first place, but it's it, without question, at least in my view, it's highly discriminatory to the large firms, which are almost all U.S. firms. It is discriminatory, but um, there's another issue to keep in mind, and that is if their goal is to avoid tax, they're going to lose. This is an enormous pot of revenue yes. that is going to get tapped. Every country in the world is salivating at the prospects of tax, taxing these guys. And the idea that they're going to be able to escape taxation is just not, not true. What the, you know, what's going to happen, I think, is the OECD is developing a proposal, which in the end will be a compromise and will hopefully be balanced, and countries will subscribe to that. And then it won't be discriminatory. That's right. the one thing you can say about it. And, but it will be uh, revenue-producing for everybody, and these guys are going to have to pay. 
these kinds of companies, by their nature, well, they got know, the money to pay too. Well, well the, that's that's, that's why it. it's an attractive target. Well, but it's also they are able to create domiciles in various jurisdictions based on corporate structure that it, that it, they seem to have a much easier time of it than companies with lots of bricks and mortar or lots of factories and things like that. Well, uh, their their businesses their business inherently transcends borders. Right. I mean, if you're an internet service provider, by definition, you're doing things that go all over the world. Yeah, Amazon Web Services is a cloud operation. Well, the cloud is the cloud. It's global in nature. And you can Pretty much put it where you, well you have but to have you, some you have to have servers you, you have, have to have, have some have you have to have some hardware presence somewhere but the jurisdictions in which you choose to be taxed is a pretty pretty uh, wide open uh, arrangement by but, the but but on the, on the French tariffs that tariff man slapped on them tariff man aka President Trump it sounds to me like you guys think he did the right thing I don't think we said that no I, I think it I was I think we right. said he's once again he's identified a real problem okay it right, is a discriminatory he, he tax. was right to challenge the French tax okay. Okay. So he's right whether, on that. Whether the specific implementation that he chose is right, that's debatable. Well, go back to what we've talked about before. We talked about this when the, when the China tariffs came up, because he's using the same statute, right. Section 301. And the point of that is to initiate a negotiation. Uh, I mean, he's in a way, he's kind of put cart before horse compared to what people traditionally do. Usually, you pronounce your findings. You say they've done something bad. Let's negotiate it. Um, Trump starts with a threat. You know, and not only have you done something bad, but he says, and I, I'm, as a result of you doing something bad, I'm going to do the following things. In this case, tariffs. The point, though, is to have a negotiation to get them to stop doing it. I mean, uh, cheese tariffs may annoy you and, and me and Scott, uh, but they don't help Google, Amazon, Apple, or Facebook one bit. You know, they don't, they don't address the problem. They just punish the other, the other party. So what you really want to have is a negotiation that produces a more equitable outcome for the victims, not just create more victims. Hmm. That's why the statute exists in the first place, is to actually eliminate these unfair trade practices or unfair practices in general. Uh, but we got, we got straight to the punishment before the negotiation. Okay, so how did the French take this when we slapped? I mean, because like truth be told, we can buy American cheese and be perfectly happy. We don't need French cheese. I'm oh, hearing I don't that, think the French would agree with you. Well, about that. I, they can say whatever they want, but I'm hearing that there's some really fantastic cheeses coming out of Oregon. You know, there's like the cheese of the year. This is me showing my uh, uh, culinary chops here. I'm cheese impressed. Cheese of the year came out of Oregon this year. Okay, the best blue cheese of the year, best cheese of the year is a blue that came out of Oregon. Okay, and I didn't know that. Yeah, that you learn yeah, right here on the also trade some guys. Also, pretty good uh, U.S. wines. From pretty California damn good and U.S. Elsewhere. wines too, coming out of California, coming out of Virginia, coming all over this great land. So we don't need their stinking cheese, <laughs> so to speak. Okay, or even their non-stinking cheese. Okay, so. How did the French take this? They were, uh, I mean, they were upset. They were threatening retaliation. Macron was pretty irritated, well, that, visibly irritated for a variety that, of reasons. They, they have to be, but the play out will be interesting because, you know, the tariffs are on the French, which makes sense because they're the only one with a tax. On the other hand, they're part of the EU. And if there's going to be a tariff response, it ought to be an EU response, not just a French response. Correct. And so the first thing the French did was they went to the EU right. and they talked to the, the new trade commissioner, Phil Hogan, and others who promptly said, Europe is going to stand together on this and we're all going to you know, march over the cliff together. And Tariff Man uh, said, I don't care. Well, I think the, the interesting thing will be to say, <laughs> right? he 
that's what he would have said if anybody had asked him. I don't him. think yeah. he actually responded, but yeah. but, it, it, but it's a line that's predictable. Yes. Yeah. What will be interesting to see is the extent to which this is just words or whether the other European countries are actually going to support the French. You know, they are the only country that has passed this kind of tax. There's others that are talking about it. Yeah. Uh, the English are, well, they're, they're, of course, they're on their way out. But yeah. uh, uh, I think the Irish have been talking about it. A couple of other countries have talked about it. Nobody has done it except the French. Uh, I would not be entirely surprised uh, if uh, lip service is provided to the French, but they uh, basically the under-the-table message is, you're on your own on this one. You know, the right answer is the OECD. France justifiably, I get, think, gets dinged for not waiting for the OECD. This is a process that most people will tell you optimistically, but realistically, is going to get done by the end of next year end of 2020. That's not too long to wait here. And the French went ahead and ignored all that. And the others are waiting. Right. I'm not sure they're all going to follow. We should revisit this in a month or two because uh, Bill's scenario will be evident if it plays out exactly yeah. that way. Okay. Because so we'll table they'll, this. There'll be, be ex- more expensive French cheese and wine in this country and no retaliation to speak of. All right. And well, by then, Yumi will have the sound effects, so we'll be good. Well, of course, the other question is, are we actually opposing the tariffs? I, there hasn't been any there's announcement. No, that no, was the recommendation. Well, this is the thing. You know, well, well, we we joke about Tariff Man being back. It's more like it's more like a volcanic process or something. It's Mount Tariff has erupted again, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> you get an announcement, but you don't get any of the background or any of the any of the indications or or even a, a notice in the Federal Register that opens a comment period or anything like that, well, which is typical when these things are. This imposed. was Brazil and Argentina. Too. That's, that's what I'm saying. We got a tweet, and that was it. And we did have an, a Mount eruption because we also had. Pre- President announcing that he would levy tariffs on Brazil and Argentina, which seemed to come out of left field. Well, no? importantly, this is still back. This is back to this the national security investigation of steel and aluminum, right. so-called Section 232. 232. Right. And in the case of Argentina and Brazil, they both negotiated quotas, quantitative restrictions, to avoid the tariffs. All right. But now I guess enough time has passed and their currencies have declined sufficiently that that the president or someone decided that it's a good it's good time for tariffs. That that was part of the uh, of the the eruption of Mount Tariff. Uh, And uh, so not sure what to make of it. It's a lot more pernicious, I think, than the French one. I think in the French case, they're they're out of step with their colleagues. They're out of step with the OECD. And they've done something that is manifestly unfair and discriminatory. The Brazil and Argentine cases, they negotiated the deal with they us. They made a deal. They yes. made a deal, and now he's coming in and unilaterally, you know, throwing the deals in the wastebasket and saying, we're going on to tariffs instead because I don't like the value of your currency. Even though, if you look at what's been happening, both currencies have declined. Uh, Brazil, but not by, not by very much. Argentina by a lot because of the economic situation they're in. But Brazil's a but floating both, currency. I mean, it, it's not like yes. they drove it down. And both of them have been trying to prop it up. I right, mean, it's exactly. not like they're forcing it down. Right. Uh, but here he is just unilaterally canceling agreements. I mean, if I were another country, I'd be saying, what is the point of having a negotiation with the United States right. if six months or a year later, the president just says, well, we're not going to do that. And if the, indica- the reason for this is to continue to you know, provide protection to the steel industry, the steel industry is not getting healthier. Just this week... Uh, They had the announcement of continued consolidation. Cleveland Cliffs purchased AK Steel. So the industry continues to shrink. It continues to consolidate. It continues to suffer from low margins despite the pricing help 
you get from from tariffs like this. Uh, and uh, prices have actually gone down lower than they yeah, this, were when this, this all this, this started. This is the thing, and, and so you you begin to wonder. Okay, you love tariffs. Tell me what tariff level would lead to a successful U.S. steel industry. I don't know how high that has to be. But this seems really a strange situation. And, but part of the reason we can have this discussion is there was nothing other than the announcement. There was no background. There was no. It wasn't like it wasn't like some conversation had gone bad with the Brazilians and Argentinians. So we're, we we're had left no to make context it up. for it. We're left to make it up. Yeah. Well, so so what is the leverage that we're seeking over Brazil and Argentina, and what will we use that leverage for? No idea. No idea. Yeah, we're left to our imaginations at this point. I mean, it, in a way, it, it's it's once again, I think, an example of alienating our friends. I mean, Bolsonaro, who seems to share a lot of Trump's views and has devoted a good bit of effort to trying to develop a better relationship yes. with the United States, which Brazil has not always had, Correct. Yeah. And, and was well on the way to doing that, here now comes Trump and basically you know, cuts him off at the knees on, on an issue that is economically important in Brazil. It's one thing to be a tough negotiator. It's another thing to, to be completely operating in bad faith, which this appears to. Uh, it appears to un- so we unilaterally unwound the deal that we had come to with Brazil and Argentina. Uh, and so I just it, – it's one of those mystifying actions. Well, I just don't see what the upside is. In, in Argentina, they, you know, they dumped the incumbent and elected a populist. Right. You'd think it would be something that Trump would maybe welcome or maybe try to be hospitable to? Who knows? Maybe there'll be more than the press release someday. What, what does this potentially mean for the average U.S. consumer, if anything? Well, the steel part's probably not that not, not much. That, not uh, much. In, in other words, the average consumer didn't notice when steel prices went up right. uh, two years ago at the initial implementation of these tariffs, thanks to great supply chain management and a lot of hard work by a lot of people in uh, private companies who use steel. Uh, so so the, the consumer's been, been somewhat insulated from this. Uh, in this grand scope of all the steel consumption in the United States, Brazil and, and Argentina, while it's imp- certainly important to them and important to their customers, it's not a large share of total steel. So I don't think it's going to be particularly disruptive. Uh, f- there will be for some customers of, of people who are buying within the quota from Argentina and Brazil which are, who are going to see higher prices. They're going to have to absorb it and do all the things that, that, uh, that logistics managers have been doing for the last couple of years. Uh, but uh, I think this one may go down without a ripple, which is why it's it's all the more concerning of why why this episode of bad faith and with for such a negligible effect on the U.S. market. All right, I agree. So, so we're just going to have to wait and see on this one. Right. Now, this is a subject that I have been so excited to talk particularly with Bill about because the president has said that he's comfortable waiting until after the election for a trade deal with China. And Bill has been saying that at some point before the election, he's going to declare some kind of victory uh, on China. So, but he's saying he's he's comfortable with waiting now. So, what what up? That's what he says. Yeah, I'm sticking with my prediction because I think first choice for him is a deal that he can say is great and sell to his base as great. It doesn't matter whether it is or not. He'll say it is. And if he can convince his voters that it is, he thinks it'll help in the election. So maybe this is a head fake here. Uh, two possibilities. One is it's an effort to pressure uh, China because we have a we have a kind of a self-imposed deadline coming up, as you know. Well, December fifteenth is a pretty important 5th, date. Yes, December fifteenth is the date that an additional tranche of tariffs, basically on almost everything else, uh, is supposed to go into effect. 
where there will be a significant, uh, eventually, consumer impact because it's toys, it's laptops, it's phones, it's consumer items, which they had avoided before. I mean, the reality is it shouldn't affect much at Christmas because the stuff that's going to be sold between December 15th and 25th has been imported already. already in the country. On the other hand, I can guarantee you there are retailers who, if he does it, on December 16th, they will raise their prices and blame tariffs, and they will make uh, exorbitant profits for two weeks. Bill, that's known as last-in, first-out accounting, and it's <laughs> it's widely accepted <laughs> practice. Spoken as someone with a long corporate background yes. and, yeah. and, and history. But I think it's part of a leverage game, and he's saying, you know, we can hang on. But I also think he's setting himself up for an alternative that is different than the one that, that I described. I still think first best option is make a deal next October, sell it to everybody. Uh, I hope nobody finds out it's not any good until after they voted. However, uh, and, and his, I think his history is uh, enormous confidence in his ability to do that and his ability to convince his base that what he thinks is a good idea is a good idea. However, it's possible that he may very well decide in this particular circumstance that that's not going to sell, that uh, it's not going to be that good a deal, and people will figure that out. In that case, better to pull the plug yourself yes. than, to, to, than to fail. Yeah, or, or to have it appear that the, uh, the, the counterparty, China, ran, ran the clock out on you. Well, and it's, yes, and it's, it's not, in a way, it's not exactly pulling the plug. But he doesn't have to say, he's not saying, I've, I'm going to fail. He's saying, I'm going to get a better deal after you reelect me. Right. So just wait till then, and I'll really crack down on them. I mean, I don't know why anybody would believe that more than they're going to believe the deal that he strikes is any good. Well, in, but, but in it's the, an alternative in scenario. In the meantime, we, we will have phase one. Phase one either comes before December 15th or it doesn't. I think it comes before December 15th. I do, and too. And part of phase one is not ratcheting up tariffs. In other words, that will be what, what China will have some market access commitments to the United States, what China gets in return is a status quo on the April, on the October, December 15th tariffs. Their line, I just came from a meeting on, on this subject. It's one of these, uh, you know, who goes first routines. Uh, you know, the Chinese continue to say, we cannot commit to what we're going to do until you tell us the extent to which you're going to roll back tariffs. And as we said earlier, and uh, the goalposts have moved here a little bit. It's not just about not doing the new, the new ones in December. It's about rolling back some amount of the old ones. And the Chinese are saying, we can't commit to agriculture buys until we know what you're going to do. The Americans are essentially saying, we won't tell you what we're going to do until you commit. So this is what used to be called an Alphonse and Gaston routine. We've got another 10 days of that uh to look forward well, to. Well, as we speak, though, both the Chinese and our representatives are, are insisting that progress is being made. Do, you, do we believe this? <laughs> you know, I, watching the rumors about progress in China, U.S.-China trade drive the markets both up and down yeah. for the last three weeks, I've realized that I really don't believe anything except, except statements from the mouth of Ambassador Robert Lighthizer. Okay. Because I think actually he knows what's going on. But the thing is, Bob Lighthizer doesn't leak, and he doesn't make a lot of public statements. So when he says something is the way it is, I have, would have high confidence in that. Um, but the rest of it all seems to be just rumors. Uh, I think between now and the 15th, it's all each side trying to manipulate the other, each side trying to leverage the other. The analogy I've been using, and I, I did it on, on TV yesterday, and I, this has never happened to me before. They started laughing. 
the the you know, we the laugh all the time. Talk, it, it happens, happens, here. It happens on train guys all the time. They were yeah. laughing with me. I oh, thought, really? oh, oh, I couldn't see awesome. them on camera, but I said it's like a sumo match. Yes. And yeah. now envision Xi Jinping and Donald Trump in fat suits. Okay, <laughs> that's pretty funny. And they've they've stopped pawing the earth and throwing rice and glaring at each other, and they're now grappling. You know. Yes. Yeah. And this is going to take longer than three minutes. Your normal sumo match, but they're going round and round and round, and they can't break loose. Trump can't walk away because it would be admitting failure on a signature issue. The Chinese are not going to walk away because, first, it allows him to blame it all on them. And then that opens the door to more tariffs because it'll be their fault. And uh, neither one has leverage to win, but neither one can disengage. They can't, they can't disengage. People have been asking, I think, both of us, what does the Hong Kong legislation mean? Yeah. What does the Uyghur legislation right. mean? And it certainly has raised the irritation factor, and it may slow things down, and it may make a deal harder to reach. But I don't with think the, it's— It raised the irritation factor with the Chinese. With the Chinese, yeah. right. But I don't think they break off. They can't break off. They're locked in this yeah. embrace. Well, what do they expect us to do, not comment on Uyghurs or not comment on Hong Kong and just yes. sit there and watch? They yes. expect— us to not say a word. These are their, from their point of view. These are their internal affairs, and they don't. They say they don't inter- interfere in other nations' internal affairs, which is an elastic statement. But that's what they say. Yeah. Uh, and they don't expect anybody to inf- interfere in their internal affairs. And uh, I mean, at least uh, in the case of the Uyghurs, you could at least well, say it is an a, internal affair. I mean, well, we're not, Hong Kong is harder. Commenting on it isn't exactly interfering. But they would like that's us. The American they, they would response. like us to be like the NBA instead of like the United States of America. Uh, we're going to be like the United States of America. Yeah. You know, in a way, this is. Uh, I think the episode is kind of affirming because it. I mean, I don't think the president has ever been very interested in human rights issues. I think if it had been up to him, he would have said nothing about either Hong Kong or or nothing about the Uyghurs. I mean, these are not new things. This has been right. going on for That's some right. time. And he hasn't listen said to, Listen to the CSIS podcast, uh, Hong Kong on the Brink, and you'll find out what's going on week to week in Hong Kong. It's shocking. Or look at our human rights reporting on the Uyghurs. It's absolutely... Well, exactly. Yeah. And the Congress, I think, this time has... Uh, in a way, kind of embarrassed the president a little bit and, and well, pushed pu- him, him to, to stand up. Yes, that would be a better phrasing. They yeah. prodded him to action. Yeah. And I think, in a way, it's encouraging that America can still stand up for the right thing. Yes, it is, indeed. Well, so what do you think is next between the U.S. and China on these talks? Do you think just more of the same? Well, we've got 10 days of drama here Ten. leading up to the 15th. Right. I expect something to be announced before the 15th, but I'm not sure exactly what. I talked with someone on Tuesday uh, who follows this very closely, who works with big companies who have followed very closely. And his assessment was 50% chance of an agreement before December 15th, 25% chance of no agreement and no tariffs. They find a way to kick the can. 25% chance the tariffs will be imposed. Uh, hmm. And I think that's probably it's fairly accurate. Feels right about now. right, yeah. You heard it here first on The Trade Guys. To our listeners, if you have a question for the Trade Guys, write us at tradeguys at csis.org. That's tradeguys at csis.org. We'll read some of your emails and have the Trade Guys react to it. We're also now on Spotify, so you can find us there when you're listening to the Rolling Stones or you're listening to Tom Petty or whatever you're listening to. Thank you, Trade Guys. Thanks, Andrew. You've been listening to The Trade Guys, a CSIS podcast.